If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. We're going to today take a slightly different approach to this episode and chat about crime. I know that's not exactly like the most enticing topic, but in the aftermath of this defund the police movement, I was thinking about Jason Aldean as we saw what happened with his latest video. I don't know if you saw it. And truth be told, I'm not really a country music fan. I don't dislike country music, so don't freak out about that because I know people say that and then people just get so emotional about it. I just really have never gotten into it. Like personally for me, country music I always thought was sort of like, I lost my girl. I've sitting around in my truck, got just nothing but my dog and a bottle of whiskey. But now... There's more to be concerned about. I think like when I was young, that was really the biggest issues people had to face was breaking up and being sad. And we could focus on that in country music songs. But now Jason Aldean has taken it to the next level. So he put out this song called Try That in a Small Town. And this song came out, it was came out in May and nobody really said anything. And then he came out with the video just last week. And the video made people go crazy because the video was showing images from 2020, you know, when we had all of these riots and the crime and people said, you know, he's highlighting crime. And then he was in front of some courthouse where people said, okay, now he was in front of this courthouse. And so this is a pro lynching video. This is some courthouse in the South that had somebody was lynched in years and years ago. And so they Somehow, some researcher must have taken a long time to say, I'm connecting this. This guy is a bad guy. Now, Jason has been outspoken about his politics. When you're outspoken about your politics as an artist, then people come after you. But obviously, people sing songs for all different reasons. Jason thought this was important because, I mean, even if you just look at the national crime rate from 2019 to 2020, it rose nearly 29%. So he sings about this, right? So he puts this song together. 
I mean, some of the lyrics are, I'll just read them to you. I'm not a singer, so I'm not, and obviously not a country singer, as we just talked about. So I'll just read some of them to you. Sucker punch someone on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun to, on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? Well, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag, light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough. Okay, so that's obviously a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing with this crime across the country. I mean, we it's not just 2020, to be honest. We're seeing this everywhere. We're seeing this in LA. We're seeing this in New York. We're seeing this in Michigan in multiple cities. So we have folks that are saying this isn't right. We're pushing back on this. This is what's happening in this song. Then he's got this warning in the song. It's like, don't try this in a small town. We'll see how far you make it down the road. So people didn't really like that. They got a little mad. They're like, what is this? Some sort of a threat. This is a bad guy. We can't have him out there singing. Now he's like this victim of the attempt of cancel culture. This was like immediate backlash. As soon as this music video came out, we've got to get rid of him. Now, he's really well liked in the country scene and really the conservative scene in general. So it's been interesting to see the song's been rising, but there's been a lot of people talking about it. The thing that I think we haven't talked about is the hypocrisy. So I was going to sing you a few rap songs because I was like, oh, I'll compare it, right? Um, I can't do that because the lyrics are so bad. I can't say them. And I can't say them mostly because I'm white. And just to be honest, like I cannot say words that are in these rap songs because I would never be, I would be off the planet, right? They are so bad. But no one says anything about that because it's allowed. And then I, so I started like going through a history of songs and I'm like, you know, Eminem came out with the song. We kind of followed Eminem's story. I don't know if you all did this. Probably not. But I'm a 90s kid. So I followed the Eminem story. And I followed Eminem and Kim, his ex-wife, who had a tumultuous relationship, if we're being honest. Okay, it was rough. And he sang about it. He was not shy about his relationship with Kim. At one point, he sang about he wanted to tie her to the bed and set the house on fire. I mean, that's pretty violent. But Eminem, I mean, everybody's like, hey, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I mean, they still loved him, right? So he didn't get canceled for that. I think he did say Liz Cheney didn't like it. So he, maybe that was, you know, politically not so good. Even way back, so we go back to the 90s, Rage Against the Machine. When I was a kid, Rage Against the Machine came out with a politically charged song. But it's interesting. So Rage Against the Machine had a song that was similar to this one. I mean, not not in lyrics, but because it was about the riots of Rodney King. So they were saying, you know, we're not going to stand for this. And it was called Killing in the Name of. And the lyrics were pretty much just saying over and over again, F you, I won't do what you tell me. I actually thought about this song a lot in 2020 because I felt like, where are all the artists who are saying, I won't do what you tell me? But they were all saying, do what? the government tells you. So it's a little bit of a change from 1992 to today. But none of those people got canceled. I think there's always pushback. But now the pushback is just like so strong. And people are so aggravated when they hear something they don't like. The interesting thing to me about Jason's song is that it's talking about something that happened in 2020. And the crime that resulted in these riots and how this crime is just not okay. And I think we've all talked about in recent years, the rise in crime, it's been insane. 
we've looked at what happened since these riots and let's just take a journey down memory lane since he does it in the song but if you really break it out minneapolis so we obviously had the tragedy with george floyd we had the riots in minneapolis People were upset because a lot of this video includes some of the video from Minneapolis. But just so you understand, Minneapolis suffered $500 million in damages. Yeah, $500 million. So half a billion. And you know, this is not happening in like city buildings. It's not getting replaced. This is happening in low-income minority communities. So these people's businesses were destroyed. I think you remember the videos of people standing outside of their businesses just like hysterically crying. How can this happen? I can't rebuild this. This is my life savings. And yet you've got these yahoos in the Democrat Party that are like, stay out there. I believe one of them is named, let me think, Kamala Harris, who was telling people to stay, stay in the streets, keep doing this. In fact, we'll pay your legal fees. She really did. She was like, donate to these people so they can continue destroying people's livelihoods. And that really was what they were doing. They're out in the streets. They're burning people's buildings down. But people are getting hurt. People are getting assaulted. There were some deaths. This is not talked about. And the funny thing is that in this political climate today, we hear all these stories about, you know, people getting mad politically. But we are like not allowed to talk about the 2020 riots. And they were really significant. This all this 500 million in damages it happened really in like five days time, five days time. And, and so we're looking at this and we're like, wow, what are what are the politicians going to do? And the answer at that point was you see <laughs> these leftists jump out and they're like, oh, clearly we, we must get rid of the police. We're all like, wait, what? Why is that? Whoa. Why is that the answer? But that's their answer. In fact, we can never forget when then first term Congresswoman Ilhan Omar came out to Minneapolis and she said this, quote, the Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root. And so when we dismantle it, we get rid of that cancer and we allow for something beautiful to rise. And that reimagining allows us to figure out what public safety looks like for us. Well, after they defunded the police, public safety looked pretty rough. And people were like, this is terrible. We can't even go to our parks. The parks are filled with needles. The kids can't play. I mean, it started to get really bad. People couldn't drive down the streets. And I don't know if you've noticed, but you have not seen a lot of Congresswoman Omar coming out and saying, yeah, the police are awful. We've just we've got to continue to double down on this. You hear the other ones saying that she hasn't said that so much. You know why? Five hundred million dollars in damages and then no police to come out and save people not really a good look for her. So she sort of quietly stepped away from that stance on the police. But for a while, Minneapolis had defunded the police. They have now refunded the police and quietly refunded the police again. They don't really talk about that, but they were like, shoot, I guess, I guess that really does help. I guess that is one of the fundamentals of government to provide law and order. How funny. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We don't want to just talk about Minneapolis, though, because if you look at 2020 and what Jason was highlighting in his music video, there was really a lot of destruction across the country. We saw things in Portland. We saw things in Chicago. We saw the chop zone. Just a reminder of the CHOP zone in Seattle, in case you forgot. It changed names. So CHOP was referring to the Capitol Hill occupied protest. And then it became the CHAZ zone. So, I mean, early on, you could see there were some disagreements on how to operate the CHOP zone because then they changed it to the CHAZ zone. The Capitol Hill autonomous zone. Clearly, the leadership there was a little wacky. Obviously, a big problem because... They just took over the city. The crazy part about this is like we're all watching from the Midwest and we're like, what do you mean? They just like took a section, a section of the city is just theirs now. And then what does that mean? So that meant about six city blocks were taken over by people who were like, we're going to protest here. And this is going to be a place where you don't have to have food. You were going to have gardens in six blocks of city space. There would be gardens and people would grow gardens. Everybody was going to camp and it was going to be like this utopia. And so we got a really good look into what the leftist utopia is. And it's a total nightmare. But first, before we got the look into the nightmares, like the beginning of this, Donald Trump is president. 
he makes some comment like, okay, we need to go in there and be dominant and take this back because you can't just like form your own country and government within a city. And that's essentially what they said. They're like, look, we're no longer the United States of America. This zone, it's our own space. Don't come in here. Your your laws mean nothing here. This is our area. And they're like, oh, you know, what does the mayor think about this? And the mayor goes on CNN and she's like, you know, I think there's a really good chance we're going to have the summer of love. And everybody's like, the summer of love. She's declared the summer of love. It turned out not so much to be the summer of love, but she says these protests are protests fundamentally about a policing system that has tried to dominate black Americans through the history of our country. You don't meet those protests with domination. You meet them with listening and with change. Okay. I mean, I get it. She wanted to make sure that these people were heard. The sad thing about it was they didn't actually want her to come in and chat with them. They didn't want anybody to come in and chat with them. So it got completely out of control. In fact, because it was the summer of love, you were supposed to share all your stuff and People were in there and they're like, you know, it's all different types of people. So you've got people with their Apple laptops and their iPads and they're in their little camping area in the six blocks that they've taken over that is no longer the United States of America. This is the Chaz Zone. So in the Chaz Zone, they have their piece of property that they don't, of course, own because everybody shares everything. And then people started to steal other people's stuff. And the leaders of the Chaz Zone were like, obviously, they needed it. Why would you be mad? You didn't need an iPad as bad as they did because they took it from you. They must have needed it. And people are like, well, wait a minute. I'm not 100% sure I'm on board with that. And the leaders are like, sucks for you. This is where how we live now. So this is how like the utopia starts, right? You're like, oh, crap. I don't know. But I've committed now because I'm in the six blocks. You can't really get out. Some people start to get a little feisty because all of a sudden it gets ugly. Then it's dark. It gets to be night. Women start to be sexually assaulted. They can't tell anyone because the police are not allowed in. So it gets very ugly very fast. I mean, this zone, I think the zone is started on like June 8th. And then finally the mayor on July 1st is like, yeah, we're going to have to stop this because it gets really violent. People's stuff is being stolen. They're being raped. They're being assaulted. They're being abused. And then they start to murder people. And it gets really ugly. We've got four people that get shot in the Chaz zone. Two of them die. They're teenagers. One young man who's 19, his name is Horace Lorenzo Anderson. His family forever changed, lost their son. I mean, it's devastating. His dad goes out and his dad, the son is named after him. I think if I remember correctly, this is his only child. And he's so, I mean, obviously devastated. He's like, how can this be? How can we have a place in the United States of America that is shut off from the rest of society? The police can't come into. And so the reason that his son, his namesake son dies is not really just because he's shot. He's shot by a man named Marcel Long. I think also a teenager. This man shoots him. But the problem is that he dies of his injuries the next day because he couldn't get medical treatment immediately because he's in the Chaz zone. And this is like, you know, not the United States of America. Screw your police. We're not going to have medical treatment come in. 
and he sits there trying to get out. He doesn't get out in time. By the time they finally get him to the hospital, he ends up dying. His family is devastated. But you've got Yahoo's like, what's that woman's name again? Oh, yeah. Our vice president, Kamala Harris, who's like, keep this stuff going. Stay in the streets. We're going to pay for all of your any type of legal defenses that you need. We will take care of. Wait a minute. These are young black men who are dying because you're out there saying stay in the streets. How is this benefiting George Floyd's family? How is this benefiting our minority communities? How is this stopping any of this clashing with the police other than you have absolutely no safety anymore? So it takes an entire year to find this guy and charge him. The guy that shoots him, Marcel Long, who shoots Anderson, takes an entire year to find him. Just last month, this guy is sentenced. He killed a young man. He's sentenced to 14 years. How much will he serve? Who knows? Will he be back on the streets soon? Probably. It's a soft on crime society. It's a total nightmare that we're facing right now. And you don't even know when these guys are let out on the street that they've been let out on the street. I mean, how many stories in just the last couple of years have we heard? Well, this guy was let out early, especially during COVID. Don't forget when Gavin Newsom just emptied the jails. Just all these people, well, we let him out because, you know, we didn't want him to get COVID. Wait a minute, they, they murdered someone. I know, but I mean, what if they died of COVID? Yeah. Then they come out and they murder other people. And we're all like, how did that happen? We let them out so they didn't get sick. These were people who should have been in jail. And that's the hard fact. There are just some people that actually belong in jail. It's true. So the soft on crime community thing, it's its just not working. And I would actually say that every Republican out there, forget about all of these issues that are running around your mind all the time. Focus on crime. You should be running. Every Republican out there should be running on crime. I mean, the fact that we had one year where crime rose almost 30 percent. This is insane. We've got a crime problem across this entire country. We've got rogue prosecutors in states across the country who are like, you know what? We're going to let these people out because it's racist. It's all kinds of different things if we actually enforce the law. It's funny to me because we've got Democrats today who are like, we're running on gun laws. Why are you running on gun laws if you're like, but don't enforce them? We're going to run on increasing gun laws. We're not going to enforce them. I say that because we've got this problem in Michigan. I mean, a really serious problem in Michigan. We've got an outrageous number of sexual assaults in the state violence, carjackings. I could go on. There's just a million things happening. Michigan's actually home to three of the most violent cities in America of the 20 most violent cities in America. I mean, think about that. You probably don't, if you're outside of Michigan, you probably don't think about Michigan that often. Three of the 20 most violent cities in, in America. People are like, oh, Michigan's really turning blue. You've got a really almost a dark blue state now. Look at it. I mean, this is what soft on crime creates, a state where people are leaving in droves. Businesses are not coming here because businesses, that's one thing that they look at. when, when you, If you're thinking of running for office, 
understand that if you want to bring businesses into your community, one of the things they're going to look at is your crime rate. And they're going to go, do I want to have employees that are put in a situation where they can't take their kids to the local park? Or do I want to be in a community where not only are they safe, but you have an infrastructure, you can build buildings? Well, that's not happening in states like Michigan because we've got these soft on crime Democrats. I mean, the prosecutors are one thing, but they've got support from the governor, from the attorney general, and it is devastating. But, you know, they'll all come out when something happens that they actually feel, because think about it. We've got these three most violent cities. There's crime happening every day. There's murders. There's rapes. There's shootings. They're all happening every day. In fact, there's some crime that's involving a gun in Michigan every day. But you really don't hear the Democrats talk about it unless that actually affects them. And quite frankly, they don't talk about it unless it actually affects white people because there are no congressional. We don't have in the congressional delegation for Democrats, there's not a single black person. So they say that this is that they care, but they don't care. They clearly don't care. So let's go to the Michigan State shooting. You probably remember recently Michigan State University had a shooting. Anthony McRae, he shot eight people. He killed three. He injured five. Walked onto the campus. No one expected him. He wasn't a student. We don't have any motive for his murders. We have no idea why he did this. But what we do know is that it could have been prevented. So if the Ingham County prosecutor had charged him with a felony in 2019, he wouldn't have been able to buy a gun. So let's go back in the time machine, because you see here, McRae was arrested in 2019. He was charged for carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. In Michigan, this is a felony. In the state of Michigan, a felon cannot own a gun, cannot purchase a gun, cannot sell a gun. You can't have a weapon. You can't have a gun at all. Had that been the charge, McRae wouldn't have been able to purchase that gun. And it's key because even the way the police found him with this gun, he's like on a bike, it's late at night. He's in an area where there's been a lot of robberies lately. The police find him. They say, hey, uh, we're not comfortable with you coming around here. Do you have a weapon on you? He says, yeah, I'm carrying a weapon. Do you have a concealed carry? No, I don't. So this is a felony. I mean, the whole situation should be handled very seriously. But again, this Ingham County prosecutor is on record saying she doesn't really want to give people felonies because she thinks that's racist. So he ends up with a misdemeanor. He pleads guilty to a misdemeanor for possession of a loaded firearm, spends a year and a half on probation, ends up being able to buy a gun. Police get called out to his house several times. Now, We've been told by the neighbors police came to his house several times. He was shooting out the back door. They were really concerned about it, kind of an obsession with guns. Since then, we've got like every story shut down. The news is like, yeah, we heard this. And they're like, no, nah, the police, the, the authorities, mm, I'm not, I'm not, we don't really remember that. This is pretty clear from his neighbors. Yeah, this was a problem. Everybody felt uncomfortable. A guy to definitely watch a guy that had we used the existing laws to give him the conviction that he should have had, that he deserved, three people would be alive. Five people would not have been shot. Eight families would not be changed forever. The entire school 
would not be changed forever. But we have people that love the idea of being soft on crime. So again, you go back to Jason Aldean's video, who's saying, look at this. I mean, he is holding a mirror up to America, saying, this is what you've accepted. This is what you say is okay. This is what Democrats are saying, keep doing it, we'll pay your legal fees. And everybody's like, what a jerk. We've got to cancel him. I mean, sometimes it is hard to look in the mirror. In the Bible, in church, we call that conviction. You look at something, you're like, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. We owe it to people to take care of them, but we're not doing it. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I would say that when I see these people come up against Jason and say, oh, this song is is really bad. Well, this is a case of those people being convicted of "Ah, maybe we should really be taking care of the people. Maybe we should be focused on this crime issue. Again, I say Republicans, if you're out there, if you're running, talk about it. It's important. You know what else wouldn't have happened if we had talked about this? 
if we were enforcing our laws. Just a couple weeks ago, they found the body of a two-year-old in Detroit. She was taken from her mother's home in Lansing. Her name is Winter Cole Smith. I don't even want to give you the name of the guy. Bad guy. He doesn't deserve to be named. Repeatedly abused this baby's mother. He actually abused her, and I believe even stabbed her the day he took the baby. Took the baby. They looked all over for her. Couldn't find her. When the police finally found him, they asked him, where's the baby? And his response was, the baby's at home with her mom. You know what actually happened to the baby? And it's really hard to listen to this. He strangled the baby with a cell phone cord and killed her. This guy who had multiple run-ins with the law. I mean, I can just go through his arrest record. He was arrested in 21 for domestic violence, resisting arrest, assaulting, obstructing a police officer, all of these things. Really bad guy. Continuous run-ins in August 21, charged again with assault, obstructing a police officer. Uh, over and over again, this guy who's supposed to be on probation through January of 2024, he's just overall a really bad guy. He's a, a abused people. He's He has all of these felonies, but really they've been soft on him. They've let him out. He's a guy that should have been in prison. They let him out. And now Winter Cole Smith is gone. A two-year-old baby is gone. Guess where this two-year-old baby was from? Ingham County. So this dude, this really bad dude, who we're not going to name because he sucks, he also was in a situation where he was touched by this prosecutor in Ingham County, but not put in jail. There are certain people that don't deserve to be out on the streets. And when you hear that they were out on the streets and you've got a two-year-old baby that's no longer with us because he's sick enough to strangle her with a pink cell phone cord. I mean, I think that's even the worst part. It's like here you have this sweet, innocent color and you're using it to take someone's life after you stab her mother, abuse her mother, assault her mother. This soft on crime attitude is incredibly dangerous to the United States of America. Again, thank you to Jason Aldean. I think it's amazing that he was able to go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to use my platform. I'm going to use the fact that I can stand up in front of this entire country and have a message that maybe makes a few people uncomfortable about look in the mirror, see where we are today and do something about it. So if you're running, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. If you're running as a Republican or a Democrat, tell us you're going to do something about crime. Tell us you care about the police officers that put their lives on the line every day. Tell us that you understand the importance of law and order. And then that as a government official is what you've agreed to provide for us as community members. I think it's really important that we support people who are willing to stand up. And I'm grateful that Jason and his wife are doing it every day. And I'm grateful that you are all listening to me every day. And I thank you today so much for joining me for this kind of different episode of the Tudor Dixon podcast. 
And as always, for this episode and others, check out TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.